Thanks for checking out the YVF podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you in whatever season of life you're in. Now here's Pastor Kevin. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am, this is wild, it really is. I'm so nervous, I'm like, but at the same time, I'm excited because I keep telling myself, I'm like, this is my family. These are my people, you know? It's like, and Erica had the best advice. She said, Mom, just tell them, if you go to a potluck and you don't like what you eat, you don't like what I bring, don't say anything. (laughs) If you like it, tell me. If you don't, that's okay. Um, So, you guys, I am so blessed that um, Pastor Kevin, I'm just completely honored that he asked me to do this. And like I said, terrified at the same time. Um, I'm not, with the things that I'm going to speak about today, I wasn't positive that everyone would relate, and the Lord said, it's not up to you, it's up to me. He's going to cultivate your heart today to receive what it is that I have for you. I too, as Cassidy was talking about last week, I have just recently realized that I might have a little ADHD, but differently, I don't claim that, okay? I realized that I had all of those symptoms and I started praying against them. Okay, I am not unorganized. My thoughts are in order. Those, those are the things of God. Those are the ways that he wants us to act upon. When we come against something that doesn't align with God's word and who he created us to be, we stand on God's word, not what we see in the world. So, yeah, that might, you might see a little bit of that surface. You know, It's not about whether or not I can talk for an hour. It's whether you'll understand it. So, um, sorry, my bad, don't touch anything, please. I'm just glad I have my hands, because I'd be like, wouldn't be able to talk. Okay, so, um, Pastor Kevin's been calling this place um, a city of refuge for a while, and I really, really, really believe that. I believe more than ever now in the season that we're stepping into that um, a city of refuge is exactly what we're going to be, and he's been preparing us for that the entire time. And the biggest thing for me in, in my preparing was understanding exactly like Pat said, that we are new creations in Christ, that, that um, the old is gone and the new has come. But I don't know about you guys, but for me, that it didn't work like that for a very long time in the beginning of my walk. So this is my first time of ever doing anything like this. So pl- I just uh, appreciate you being so gracious and allowing me to be here. Um, So Father, I just thank you. And I thank you for every person that came here today. And I thank you that you brought, you got me here, even though five times last night I wanted to message John and say, I can't do it. So Father God, I just ask that you cultivate their hearts to receive the word, your word, your scripture. It's your truth, it's not mine. Oh, in Jesus' name, amen. So, yes, I'm going to be speaking today about um, being a new creation in fear of the Lord and what that looks like. And when I first came to Christ, by all, amounts, by all accounts, I was, I was satisfied. So I felt like, I don't know if you guys have heard my salvation story, but I was always good. I, you know, married a man with millions of dollars. I had 10 cars. I had a mansion, right? I was rolling, and I was good. 
I had my horoscopes to lean on. I had, you know, they always told me exactly what I needed to hear, exactly when I needed to hear it. And I was so, I was okay, right? Isn't that, isn't that what the enemy wants you to believe? That everything's good. You're good. Everything's wonderful. A friend of mine came. My sister had been preaching to me for a while, and I was just like, please, no more. If you speak to me one more time about scripture, my head's going to explode. Don't tell me you know the Lord more than I do. I've eaten those words so many times. But she was always so gracious, and she was like, I'm not telling you that. I'm not saying that I know the Lord more than you know the Lord. I'm just saying that, that I love Jesus, and you can love Jesus too. And I'm like, well, that's good because you need Jesus. You need, you've got anxiety. You've got things that you have going on. You need Jesus. I'm good. Man, I don't have those things. I took a friend of mine. She came down to visit me and um, was with me. Tasha Sorensen is her name. We actually went to Aunt Jo's for a Bible study during that time when she came. And no, that was after, but sorry. But she was really quiet about it the whole time. It's been 15 years since we'd seen each other. She's my best friend since second grade. She lived here for a very long time. And she came to me and she said, um, we had hung out for about a week. And she said, Shalene, do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? She said, not the Lord. Okay, because I knew God. I knew him better than 90% of the people in this room. She said, do you know Jesus? And I said, no, not really. And she said, do you know that at any moment your heart could quit beating and it'll be too late? And I was like, okay, that's a downer. I need a beer. You know, that's just the way it was. I, I, this is too much for me. This is too much. You know, I got my sister and my best friend, who I haven't talked to in 15 years, talking to me about this Jesus. Well, from that moment on, she felt a little bit more comfortable to speak to me about the Lord. And so she went on to tell me about, um, oh, hi, Pastor Kevin, because I know he's watching somewhere. Um, she, she felt inclined to speak to me about the Lord more and more. She was more free. You know, she would pray with me. I was getting ready to go into back surgery and we prayed about that, and I was just kind of like, you know, I'm almost offended because my sister had been telling me these things all along, and I didn't want to agree with her. I didn't want to tell her she was right. But here I had someone that I admired and I respected that was telling me the same thing. And I'm not that I didn't admire and respect my sister, but she's my little sister, right? She's like, go away. And so I took her to the airport, and I was driving home. And just before you crest Wabuska Hill, when you come down, you know when you can take a picture of the valley and it's so beautiful, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me in my car and he knocked me out. And he said, it's not all about you, Shalene. So you're good, right? You're happy, you're satisfied, you're okay? It's not all about you. And it wrecked me, wrecked me. So I cried the whole way home, got home, sat on that word all night just because I knew that I had felt the presence of the Lord. Called my sister the next morning. I said, I think, I think I got saved. I think I got saved. And she's like, yay! And I was all, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. And, she, and she's like, I won't say anything, but yay! Like, if you could see someone do a backflip over the phone, I could hear it. She was doing backflips. Because she'd been ministering to me for years, you guys. So God apprehended my heart in a major way. And I started walking with him. Not necessarily reading the word that came a little bit later, um, getting into the word, because the first book I ever read in, on Christianity was The Harbinger by Jonathan Kahn. I don't know if you've ever read that, but it's pretty hardcore, and that was the very first Christian book I ever read. And as I'm reading it, what the book is about is it takes you back to, the, to Isaiah 9:10, 10, 
when God removed his hand off the Assyrians or off the Israelites and allowed the Assyrians to attack them. Okay, he removed his protection from them. It's all in the word of God. He starts um, sharing how this is, we're seeing this play out in the world today. This is back in 01 when he was talking about um, things in 2001 and the way um, the September 11th and how they stood on sacred ground and they quoted scripture. And the scripture that they quoted, our leaders of this country quoted, were in direct defiance to the Lord. And it started like a um, just domino effect of where we're at today. And it's just an amazing book. I would recommend everyone read it. It's called The Harbinger. It's written like a Hollywood movie, so it's kind of cool. But as I was, it was the very first thing I'd ever read, and I sat and I'm soaking on it. And I'm thinking, Lord, how can these people be held accountable for when they don't even realize what they're doing is wrong? How? how? They don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that what I was doing was wrong. I had no idea. So how can people be held accountable? And he so clearly spoke to me. I can tell you exactly where I was. I was cruising up the spiral staircase at Todd's dad's house. And he said, because if they were in my word, they would know. So there's an importance to being in the word of God that I hope that I can drill into you today like you've never had anything put inside of you. To be, for me to be a new creation, I started my walk with the Lord. Um, I, because I was good and I seemingly entered into my relationship with the Lord feeling as though I was fine. So now I just have this extra added bonus Jesus where I get to punch my card, right? I got, I got my card, my ticket's punched, and I'm getting into heaven, praise God. And I sat there with that for a while, for quite a while. I loved the Lord, sold my Corvette, put on concert. I loved the Lord with everything that I had in me. But there was still this side of me that hadn't surrendered, hadn't given him everything the way he wants. I hadn't become a new creation. The reason I hadn't become a new creation was because I was so satisfied and I liked who I was. I was a good person. I worked very hard. I donated my time. I volunteered everywhere. But I was still Shaleen, adding Jesus in. Actually, what I saw, and this is a crazy because I see things in, in, in visuals. I saw a Christmas tree laying on its side. And I saw where I had fit all of the scriptures in to the areas that I needed to fit them into. So here I am, solid, right? I'm solid, I'm good. I like myself, I'm happy, I'm a good person. And boom, I'm fitting Jesus into all of those areas that I don't like that, that can go. This one I like, this one I don't like. That can go, for sure, yeah, no, that's going. Praise God for Jesus, that's going. But these things over here, I liked those qualities. But how many of you know that good qualities are not necessarily God qualities? I struggled with that. I, I read the books that said, you know, is it good or is it God? You know, I trying to figure out what it looked like. But honestly, you guys, it wasn't until the word of God came alive inside of me that I actually started seeing him change me from the inside out. I love the scripture that Pat had. <laughs> so... When we come to, a, to the Lord, we are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 1 Corinthians 5, 16 and 18. And this is all NLT, I believe. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. 
This means that anyone who belongs in Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people back to him. Right? We got one job. But inside of that, becoming a new Christ, right? New Christ, or a new person in Christ, anyone that belongs to Christ has become a new person. If you look the same you did when you got saved, when you received Jesus, you're doing it wrong. And I know that being, we're human beings, not human doings. I get that. But we are to lay down our lives. We are to die to ourselves. And that's not an easy thing to do. And it was actually very difficult for me, for my sister, because she had drinking problems and she had these huge issues in her life. It was easy for her. I don't want to be that person right? But for me, I liked things about myself that weren't necessarily good. So I had to figure out what that looked like for me to be a new creation. So I had to let the bad stuff go and the good stuff stay. But because I had one foot in the world and one foot in God, in Christ, there was this gray area, this gray line that I walked that it really clouded my thoughts. It clouded my mind. I loved the Lord. People were no longer inviting me to Wine Wednesdays because all I wanted to do was have a cocktail and talk about Jesus. And that was just, that was, it's, and I would get so mad. It's like, we could talk about your boyfriend. So anyway, it was because I had that one foot in the world and that one foot out. And as I started getting in the Word and I started ruminating on it and allowing it to marinate inside of me. He started showing me, the Lord started showing me those things that I needed to pull away from. So in 2019, so I really started hearing, I should say, I, he started cultivating, I, it's been a process, you guys. I was a hot mess. So anyone in here that thinks, you know, oh, I've got some issues, it's like I had more issues than a National Geographic, and I didn't even realize it is the bad part. I thought I was fine, so I needed, I needed the Lord <laughs> to show me and reveal to me. But sometimes when he smacks you around with his word, it's not fun. And I would close it back up and be like, that's good for someone else. I'm not, that's not, I don't want no part of that. There were times, you guys, so I really started it. So I got saved in 2012, and I really started digging into his word and following his teachings I mean, I had been in it all along. I just loved Jesus, but I was fitting him into my world. Okay? I was making it work into my world. 2016 is when I started realizing, oh my gosh, Shalene, you've been doing this wrong. And I had a lot of work, and, and I saw that work before me because I started seeking his face. And when you seek his face, you start seeing who you are inside of him. Okay? So I started seeing Christ, the goodness of Christ, the lovingness of Christ, and I started seeing all of the things about me from my old man that I was still packing around with me in this $3 suitcase that was ready to fold at any minute. But that's who I'd been my whole life. For 40 years, I've been doing this, and now I, I got to be someone else. I got to be a new person. What does that look like? You know, and if you're anything like me, my brain just went... <laughs> in all different directions. I, oh my gosh, and I was trying to wrap my brain around what it looked like. So I dug into the Word. 
Um, I learned in my school, so I am currently 95% done with my bachelor's in business and Christian leadership. <laughs> Praise God. I am not standing up here speaking from a place of not only um, I have the knowledge of the word, I have experiential knowledge. Everything I'm saying to you guys, I have walked through. <laughs> I have walked through, and it hurt. And it, there were times when there was two months of me just crying, just crying and seeking the Lord and seeking his face. And how do I remove these things? The worst one was self-promotion. That was something that I had to walk through. Um, I promoted myself and realizing that no one else had ever promoted me. I had to. And God's like, not anymore. I'm going to promote you. I'll be the one that goes before you. So there's peace and there's comfort inside of that. <clears throat> I flipped a page. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Terry told me, if I have any advice for you, speak slow and clear. And I'm like, thanks, Terry. Those are the two things I struggle with. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is more to it than just saying the words. Although words are essential, there is more to them than most people believe. Many believe, believers get their tickets punched, we talked about that, and never actually get on the train to begin the process of being made new. And I know that there are people dealing with this because I dealt with it. I walked my, in my walk for a long time, loving the Lord, sold my Corvette to put on a Christian music event, right? and I loved that car. $37,500, and I poured it into the Lord because I loved him. I just, but I didn't know how to honor him properly because I'd been honoring myself for so long and I'd been protecting myself for so long and I'd been guarding my heart for so long. So they never actually get on the train and allow the word to begin to change them. The Bible remains just a book full of words. I thought about it as I was praying last night over this and I was thinking, I wonder how many, how many people in this church go home, throw their keys on the counter along with their Bible, and it sits there till the next Sunday when they pick it up to walk out the door and come back to church. Just a book, right? Just a book with words on it. They never actually leave Egypt. This is what I was hearing. They remain in the desert rather than stepping into what God truly has for them, their inheritance, because, oh, that's a whole other thing. I, what I learned through this was why people do series. I had so much scripture that I wanted to go through and I wanted to pour into that it was hard for me to dwindle it down. So, like I said, I did the same for a very long time. For me, I had an undeniable joy of the Lord. He was all I wanted to talk about. He is all I wanted to know about. He is why I was no longer invited to Wine Wednesday. And although I was saved and a full-blown believer of Jesus Christ, according to myself and my description of what that looks like, I had one foot in the world and one in Christ, and this will never work. I denied the promises of God until one day God spoke to me about having reverence for him and fear of the Lord. Oh, good Lord, this one was tough, okay? Because I, being spiritual, my God sat on smoked peace pipe, and he sat on a cloud, raining hellfire and brimstone down on anyone who didn't agree with him, anyone who did anything bad, anyone who so is like, but at the same time, God loves me because I'm a good person, right? I'm a good person. God loves me. He's, 
God is amazing. And I talked to God from, I've always, like praying without ceasing wasn't something that I had a hard time with because since I was a very young girl, I remember being in my head and alone with, with God. The thing is that when you don't have Jesus in your walk, when Jesus isn't the main focus, so the scripture says there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. And the Father has to compel you to come. So if you're praising a God that you haven't gotten to through Jesus, you're praising a false God. So I had to walk through that, guys. That was fun. Yeah, that was great. And all of these things, you guys, everything that I'm sharing with you, ask for the Lord to just seek your heart. He'll show you. And you probably will cry a lot, and you probably won't want to hear it. But ask him. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us and help us. You are saved, healed, delivered, preserved, protected, prosperous, and whole. You are whole. When we are new creations in Christ, he is supposed to come in, right? My Christmas tree laying sideways, I'd fit him in there. God just looked at it. He said, the whole thing, the whole thing is me. What are you doing? And, I'm, and it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, God. I don't know what I'm, I don't know why I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, and it's just life is what it is, right? Matthew 7, 21 and 23 says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. How that should terrify us. I've read that scripture so many times and it didn't terrify me. Because God was a good God and he loved me and he loved all of his children. It was a very um, shallow, uh, shallow relationship that I had had with the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I bring up fear of the Lord because as, you're, as he's making you a new creation, you, there was a point that I got to when I started feeling good and I started um, getting relaxed. And I wouldn't say lazy, but kind of lazy um, in my studying of the scripture. I had an idea of who God was. And he had come to me and he had told me um, the scripture um, that he was, you know, the one with milk. I think I got it at the back here. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Ooh. Oh, 1 Corinthians 3, 2. I have fed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you're still not ready. He told me that, and I was like, God. I've been walking with you for a minute. I'm totally mature in Christ. I, I, you know, I've been eating meat for a minute, like some, chewing on some steak, Lord, because I had, I had been walking through being made a new creation. And by all means, you guys, I'm not done. I'm not even close to done. I am not going to arrive. None of us are until we finally arrive. But I'm open. I'm flexible. I'm fat, dude. Flexible, attainable, and teachable. I'm open to him showing me what I'm doing wrong and what I need to change. So let me see. I just totally blew my notes up. Praise God, I got part two. So wisdom. Clever, skillful, intelligent, and wise. Okay? Fear of the Lord brings wisdom. 
But the world looks at fear of the Lord a little bit differently. The world looks at fear of the Lord as in, um, you know, God is going to take my child because of, you know, this. And at one time I even believed that when I was being disobedient, that, you know, he took David's child and, you know, um, that was his payment for sinning and doing wrong and not being obedient to the Lord. He's going to take one of my children. And Okay, that's a carnally minded, carnally minded meaning fleshly minded way to look at God. He's going to take something. Why? Why would God take your children? I hear it all the time, and it, to me, it's the worst. It's the worst. When people say, I lost my child, and said, God needed them more. Are you kidding me right now? I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole other teaching. But that's the way the world looks at the Lord. They look at them through carnal eyes. They look at them through their own um, fleshly ways, their soul. But we're not to look at him that way. So... Another scripture that I read that knocked me down was 2 Timothy 3, 5, which was having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. So, um, the Greek form dunamai. Greek from dunamai, force, especially miraculous power. Okay, So they have a form of power but they deny the power of the cross. Those who have a form of godliness are those who make an outward display of a religion. They present themselves as godly, but it's all for show. There is no power behind their religion as evidenced in the fact that their lives are unchanged. They speak of God and live in sin and are fine with the arrangement. I did that for a long time. I spoke of God, but I was fine with living the way I had been living my life. Still, I don't, there's, there's certain things that I want to share, but I don't want to condemn anyone in doing it. But for me, it was donating my time with the Boys and Girls Club, which I love. It's the greatest secular movement on the planet. But Night in the Country, for me, it was a place that I could take off my Jesus, set him aside, still talk to people about Jesus, but still have a cocktail over here. So in 2019, the Lord pulled me back from that. And he pulled me back from the club, and he pulled me back from the chamber, and he just started removing me from all of these things that I had buried myself in. So then I was just left with me and God in my house that I hadn't cleaned in 75 years because I was never there because I was so busy giving my time to other things. But what it did was it allowed me time to really start digging into who he created me to be. And fear of the Lord was something that I really never... I never had. I never, I wasn't scared of God. I believed that he was a good God and he loved his children and why would he kill his children? And these were all thoughts that were racing through my mind. Then I started reading the Old Testament. Now when I tell you to read the Old Testament, it's because you need the whole counsel of God to understand. But when you do, you read it through the lens of Jesus. And a lot of people read the Old Testament and they get in their carnal fear because they read it without realizing that God took care of that and that you are now under a new covenant. Hmm. Our God is a heart God, maybe. Let me see. Sorry, I might have blown it. I got so much scripture here. 
Sorry, you guys. Okay, I think I'm cool. Deny yourself, take up the cross, resist the devil, and he will flee. The power of God, which should accompany the form of godliness, is shown through the Holy Spirit and results in the transformation of our lives. The Holy Spirit indwells in the believer, 1 Corinthians 6.19, and enables him to bear particular fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, these are the attributes of a true Christian as opposed to Paul's list of sins in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. There's, so I had a woman run up to me just after I got saved, and I was walking on cloud nine, still very carnal, still very in my flesh, and, and receiving the Lord that way, and um, she had ran up to a friend of mine that had been walking with the Lord for a long time, and um, she looked at me, and she looked in my eyes. She looked in my eyes. And I rem- from that day, I was like, why did she look at me like that? What, what was she looking at? Like, what? And there's something that comes when you carry the presence of God inside of you, that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you can see on people. You can see it. Those fruits, the fruit of the Spirit that are listed here, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, those things come to you when you're in Christ. But how often are we not in Christ that we allow the things of our world to get? Yeah, sorry, I kind of went off a little bit there, but I'm sure it'll fit somewhere. God's so good. Understand that when the Bible refers to fear of the Lord, it means having a deep respect, reverence, and awe for God's power and authority. So I would read the scriptures, flimsily, whimsily, apply it to my life. Didn't like that one. That's definitely not going to be applied to my life because that is bad and it makes me feel bad and it makes me feel yucky inside. But how many of you know that growth is always birthed out of anguish? How many times you like it? It hurts to get on the other side. But once you get on the other side, it feels so good. It feels so good. It does not mean outright terror. So it means having a deep respect, reverence, and awe for God's power and authority. It does not mean outright terror as someone who is carnally minded would have you believe. God took your child from you because he needed them more than you. As an example, how difficult it is to love a God who would cause your child to die. I don't know of one time in the word when Jesus gave someone sickness to show God's love for them. The truth is we live in a fallen world in which sickness and disease breed. Rather than causing someone to be afraid of God, a proper fear of the Lord leads one to love him. And that's what he's done for me. He has led me into a closer, deeper relationship with him. Um, Fear of the Lord. This fear of the Lord is produced by God's word, Psalm 119.38 and Proverbs 2.5 and makes a person receptive. I have these notes if you guys want them. Makes a person receptive to wisdom and knowledge, Proverbs 7, for 1, 7, and 9, 10. So fear of the Lord makes you receptive to wisdom and knowledge. So we are called, we are chosen as a part of a royal priesthood. I was digging into... um, I think I actually have it in here, so I'll leave that. Just digging into this teaching, I was um, 
like I said, there's, I understand why people can do a series. I do. Um, so we are called, we are chosen, we are part of a royal priesthood. There is responsibility in this, and that responsibility is to pick up your cross and walk, or pick up the cross, shall I say, and walk. The most important part of this is to be in the word studying out for yourselves. I hear so many people say, well, I just want to know the will of God for my life. I just want to know what God wants me to do. I just want to hear from God. I just want to know. The word of God is the will of God. You will not know the will of God if you do not read the word of God. And I know a lot of believers that don't read the word of God. Or they read it when they need to, like I did. They read it when they're having a bad day and they need to feel better about themselves. Well, the minute God starts smacking you around and saying, okay, you want to feel better about yourself? We're going to grow. And you're like, no, growing pains hurt, right? Giving birth to something new hurts. Hmm. Ephesians 5, 26 and 27 says, To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. The only way for us to allow God to properly cultivate our heart is to wash ourselves in the water of the word and renew our mind, right? So faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about God. When you hear the good news about God and you hear the promises of God and what that looks like, it's, it's, you're able to renew your mind. You're able to stand firm on those promises and, and not see what the world is showing you with your eyes. You know, we've been we're going into some tumultuous times, you guys, and we're going to see things with our eyes that we're not going to see with our spirit. We're not going to see it the same way the world sees it. You are a carrier of the gospel, and the gospel shouldn't be disregarded as something that you toss aside until the next time you need it. As I said, setting it down with your keys after church and not picking it up again until the next Sunday, your Bible. The Bible is meant to be used to renew your mind to the things of God, allowing your soul to be washed by the water of the word. You must wash your mind by saturating yourself in his word, wiping clean the filth of the world that you carry and are saturated in daily. We are saturated in worldly, carnal, he said, she said, who cares? Do you know what Jesus did for you on the cross so that we don't have to be involved in that? You don't even have to carry on conversation. And, and, and then they automatically are like, well, you think you're so righteous. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am kind of righteous. I am totally, but not because of anything that I've done, but because of what God did. Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern that it, is his, that it is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's the only way that I was able to figure out who I was, who God's called me to be. I mean, he created you. Who knows better than him who he's called you to be and the purpose on your life? But you're not going to figure that out until you start washing your mind with the water of the word. In conclusion, which is really, I got two more pages, so I don't know how that's a conclusion. 
But <laughs> know whose DNA you carry on the inside. Romans 9, 8 says this means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. This threw me off. I just, and I'd like to dig more into this, so I'm just going to give this real quick. Only the children of God, sorry, Romans 9, 8. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. Children of promise reverse to all who are born again by faith in Jesus Christ. The seed promised to Abraham. The famed Abrahamic covenant comes from Genesis 12, 1 and 3, and it reads, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you, and him who dishonored you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is his promise to you. You have been called. You have been chosen. He has pulled you out of the world. And it's time that we start walking in that. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared. There's no fear in those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no fear. I'm not scared. I'm concerned. For so many people, my heart is burdened for the lost. And like I said, we have one job. Our job is to just bring other people into Jesus. And how can we do that if we're so unsure about who we are? So it's so important that we know our identity. And like I said, this is, like, if anything, I want to be sitting here with you guys because I don't want to, you to think that I'm forcing my opinion on you. I want you to see that these are things that I've walked through and realizations that I've had. Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You get to choose. Every minute of every day, we get to choose who we're going to serve. Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve mammon? Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve our fleshly carnal desires? 1 Corinthians 3.2 says, I, I already read that. Romans 3.21, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. So because you're made righteous, you are righteous, and it's not because of anything you've done. It's because of what he did. All you have to receive is a gift that's already been given. Right? You can give a gift. They don't have to receive it. God's given us a gift. Are you going to receive it? Romans 11, 5, and 6 says, In the same, is the same today. Okay. For few people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. He chose you. And since it is through his, God's kindness, then it is not by their works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. 
not by anything you've done. We can't behave our way. We can't be good into the kingdom of God. It doesn't work like that. Romans 8.38, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I said a lot. <laughs> and John made me feel comfortable with closing early if I needed to um, because I'd never done this before and he closed 20 minutes early. But I didn't know how long it was going to take. Um, I've never even written a sermon. That's my next class. I have methodical study of scripture and writing out um, sermons. So I think I did pretty good. But I um, thank you. Um, P, can you put up, um, I mean, Shelly, can you put up Psalm 34 for me? And then can the worship team come up? We'll take just a minute. Thank you guys so much. You, you actually look like you were listening and entertained or so, or at least uh, you got something maybe. Um, the Kathy Lee, I've been thinking about you. I was like, where's she at? So I was going to text you the other day. I'm really happy to see you. I'm glad you were here today because you guys have been so encouraging. You know, Pastor Kevin really honored me when he asked me because I messaged him and I'm like, so I know you have mentioned it, but it's okay because I don't need to and, you know, doing everything in my power to kind of pull back. And he's like, no, you are ready. You are prepared. God has called you to this. And he was just so encouraging. And I'm not going to cry, but I've been crying just over his words to be honoring me the way he has by allowing me to be up here. So thank you so much, Pastor Kevin and Tanya. That's awesome. Thank you. This is it. Okay. So this is the scripture that God put on, God put this scripture on my heart as I was praying about what I was going to be talking about today. But mostly because as we are walking through everything that we're walking through and, and when you feel like God hates you, because there were times when I was like, he's so disgusted with me. He, he couldn't possibly still love me. But we know that's not God, right? That's not God. That's the devil. That's me, my own thoughts, condemning myself, you know, because we don't serve a God of condemnation. That comes from the enemy. So he gave me Psalm 34 in the New Living Translation, I think. A Psalm of David. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. I'm going to cry. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I have prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Oh, the joys of the, those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, who is God, you, fear the Lord, you, his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you fear of the Lord. Powerful. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips away from telling lies. Turn away from such evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his eyes are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from this earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's that anguish that I was talking about that's not fun to walk through. When he shows you the behavior that you have inside that isn't godly behavior. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. So good. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteousness will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. We just praise your holy name, Father. We praise your holy name, and we just thank you that come, my children, and listen to me, he says in verse 11, and I will teach you fear of the Lord. I went to the Lord, you guys. He taught me fear of the Lord. He's teaching me fear of the Lord, and it's, he is God, and he brought you into this world, and he can take you out, but that's not his highest and best for you. His highest and best for you is to complete the task that he put you here on this earth for, which is to bring souls into the kingdom. And you do that by washing yourself with the water of the word, by, by claiming who you are in Christ, by knowing who he created you to be. And the only reason, the only way you're going to figure that out is by being in his word. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for allowing me to speak today. I thank you for the peoples whose hearts in here are changing because of the scriptures that were read. Oh, Father God, we know that the world is not as it was even a year ago or two years ago, and it may never be the same, but you are the same God. Today, yesterday, and forever, and we receive the whole counsel of God, not just the good stuff, not just the fluffy cotton candy stuff. God, we receive the, the, the harshness that when we need our souls, the lens of our souls to be cleansed and cleaned. We receive the Brillo pad that you show us in your word that it may take. At least that's what it took for me. It took a Brillo pad, God, and I know it. Father God, I just ask that everyone here, you help each one of them step a little bit um, more out, step out further into who you've called them to be so that they can give an account to the people that see them to, as to why they have joy during these times. This is, this church is a city on a hill whose light cannot be covered. 
God, we thank you for our pastors. We thank you for the worship team. And we thank you for the congregation that shows up every single Sunday because they want to know you. They want to seek your face. They want to know you more, God. And we just ask that your word come alive in them. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. You don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you. So, God, we thank you that you go before us, that you went before us when you chose us, that you knew us. You chose us to be in the line of David. You chose to wake us up. Not every one of Abraham's seed are chosen. So, Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your people. We thank you for this time that we get to spend with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. Before you leave, we want to remind you that if you want to continue receiving updates on new sermons, that you subscribe to our podcast. If you want more information on how to contact us, make sure to check out our website at urringtonvineyardfellowship.com. And we'll see you next time on the YVF Podcast.